podcast focused on lessons learned via the musician's backstory, as well as building successful careers in the business. My name is Allison M., and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. Let's get down to business. this episode, I have in the studio with me today, Eric Diamond. He is a singer, entertainer, and Neil Diamond tribute artist. So welcome, Eric. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Allison. Uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. So you are officially the first tribute artist we've had on this podcast. So Woo-hoo. I'm so pumped to talk with you about that. I, so I just have to dive right into that. I want to find out more about what it's like to be a tribute artist and, and how you got there. Um, it's, it's definitely different than anything I ever expected that I'd be doing. Um, I was a singer for, I mean, I've been a singer since I was 16, um, playing in different cover bands, original bands, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, I've always had like a deeper voice. So the, the, the Queensryche range or, you know, the operatic range was, was never me. So, uh, but, uh, it actually took a, um, a chance dinner with a friend of mine who just also happened to be an Elvis tribute artist. Um, Spent some time at his house, had some dinner, a couple of beers. We go downstairs, mess around with his karaoke machine a little bit, and uh, threw in some Neil Diamond. And he said, "You have to do that." And I was kind of huh. in between bands at the time, anyway. So I said, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Yeah. And it just kind of took off from there. I bought some sparkly shirts, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the rest is history. That's hilarious. So, so I mean, what does it take to be a tribute artist? <sighs> that's that's a great question. I, I think you need to. Um, you need to embrace the person that you're paying tribute to. Obviously you need to embrace his music. Um, you know, the, um, the way he views things, the way he views himself. Um, it also takes, especially because the large majority of my shows are done to tracks as opposed to performing with a band. It's probably 80, 20, as far as that goes. Um, you really need to be able to be confident in yourself and what you do and the way you can bring that voice and that emotion across um, you know, much more so than just going up there in a cover band, because you still have to, you have to put that persona through, right? And you have to try to sell the song exactly the way it was recorded and exactly with the emotion behind it that that's meant, I guess. Yeah. Did you have to study, you know, Neil Diamond then? I did. I mean, yeah. I watched, you know, a bunch of videos, uh, listened to his music constantly, trying yeah. to get the exact inflections and the the little rasp that he has. And yeah. And all that. So even just hearing you speak, you know, on the microphone, especially, it just sounds, you know, you sound, you do sound like him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you? I, yeah. So, so what do you? I, how did you study that? I mean, um, yeah. What is that process like? It was just I, for me. It was just one of those things. It wasn't even necessarily a conscious conscious decision. At first, it was more. Oh, I was told I sound like him, mm-hmm. so I should maybe mm-hmm. try this out a little bit. And as the years go, have gone on, because I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. Wow. Um, it just, okay, I'm not getting these inflections right. I need to I need to pay more attention to this. You know, his stage mannerisms, all that kind of stuff. And the large majority of it I can actually do in my car. Yeah. You know, because I just listen to the music and kind of emulate that. And I've seen him six times, so I kind of, okay. I know what he's about. And yeah, yeah. 
I would imagine you, yeah, seeing him live is a big part of that too. Mm -hmm. Have you had a chance to meet him in person? I have not. Uh, about six years ago, I know I did get the opportunity to meet his wife. Okay. And that's pretty much as far yeah. as I got. <laughs> yeah. Were you in co in? Do you call it in costume or what do you call it in? I, it, so we went to go see him live. Yeah. And um, I was with Claire Sardina, who was. Um, she worked in a duo called Lightning and Thunder. Okay. Her husband was also a Neil Diamond tribute artist. Okay. They played all over Milwaukee for many nice. years. So I went to the show with Claire, and Claire has basically knows Neil, has exchanged letters with Neil, and when we got there, his wife came out, gave her a little gift bag, and yes, I was wearing my shirt because I said, this might be the last time I get to see him. I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Uh, and I just I slipped her one of my schedules. I said, uh, just... Tell your husband I'm very, very happy and thankful that he's given me a career for the last 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So do uh, do you get to know other Neil Diamond tribute artists? Is there kind of like a, a community of tribute artists to him? Uh, not a community per se, at least not one that I belong to. Mm -hmm. um, there are other Neil Diamond tribute artists out there. Um, we don't really socialize. It's mm -hmm. not like a like an Elvis network where there are sure. so many Elvi yeah, out there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, nothing yeah. like that as far as I know. Yeah. Maybe I just haven't been invited to the club yet. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, yeah, like you said, it's not quite as big of a deal as, as Elvis, but, um, but there are some, how many, I mean, in your, in your estimation, what, uh, how many artists have tribute ask, uh, acts out there or, or what, are you aware of some others besides Elvis and Neil Diamond? Oh, sure. I, and I've worked with a bunch of them, um, yeah. many times with the ultimate legend shows sure. when I perform with the ultimate, ultimate legend show band. Um, we have three or four tribute artists uh, on the show that yeah. are booked on the show. So I've already worked with uh, Rod Stewart, uh, three Roy Orbisons, <laughs> an Elton John, a Billy Joel, um, boy, oh boy, Johnny Cash, um, Lionel Richie, Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers. Oh, I nice. mean, they're all out there. Yeah. And I've had a chance to meet these, these people, and they're amazingly talented and just really, really good down-to-earth people for the most part. Yeah, wow. And and where did they, like, where are most of these events booked at? Where would you find a tribute artist show typically? A lot of casinos. Um, I've done a lot of casino shows in Michigan, Minnesota, um, Indiana. Um, so a lot of that. We've done a lot of festivals. Mm -hmm. We've also done a lot for Encore Productions, um, mm -hmm. and they basically do um, um, outreach for... Um, national night out programs mm -hmm. or, you know, anti-crime programs. So we've mm -hmm. played all over Wisconsin doing these as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. And so would you say, like, this is this has kind of been a bit of a calling for you? Like, could you, you know, thinking back, is this something that, I mean, would you go back and change anything? Or would you, I mean, at one point you were doing other music. Would you have kept pursuing that? I mean, I think this was definitely a calling for me. It, it was it was one of those things after I started looking back a little bit where I thought to myself, you know, I think every singer, every musician in life, one way or another, has to find that calling mm -hmm. or find their niche. And I just happened to stumble into it. So um, it was it was awesome. I mean, yeah. do sometimes I get a little tired of singing Sweet, Sweet Caroline? <laughs> Absolutely. But... Uh, at the end of the day, it was it was I, I know I was definitely meant to do this. Yeah. If um, I had it to do all over again, I think I'd spend a little bit more time with one of the original bands that I was in. Sure. Because I just have a feeling it, it ended a little too soon. Sure. 
but uh, beyond that, I think this is right where I'm supposed to be right now. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, is this primarily as a musician, this is what you're doing right now? Or is there yes. anything else that you're doing in music? Yeah. Uh, nothing in music right now. I do have a couple of projects coming up um, next week. I'm, actually, this week, um, I'm starting an acoustic duo okay. uh, with my friend Mike Grassman. Oh, yeah. And then next week, um, we're doing kind of an all-star Butch Walker tribute show at... Uh, can I say the name of places? Yeah. At the Saloon on Calhoun. Okay, great. Um, it's a huge Butch Walker tribute show with uh, some of the best musicians in Wisconsin. Nice. So I am definitely like low man on the totem yeah, pole there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's great. That's great. But the, but the tribute act is, is the main gig. It's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's your bread and butter. Yeah, that's so cool. I remember seeing, I, I've seen a tribute act once. I saw an Elvis tribute uh, probably 15 years ago at Pottawatomie. And, okay. you know, is that like a standard place? Like, do they still do a lot of that kind of thing? Potawatomi was doing uh, their annual Elvis, mm. um, I don't know what they called it, Elvis Fest or Elvis mm. Contest, whatever it was. So I know they did a lot of that. Um, I've been trying to get into Potawatomi for years, and mm -hmm. it hasn't quite panned out yet. Mm -hmm. But um, um, I don't know what they do over there much anymore, especially with COVID. Um, right. I haven't really been paying much attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're still traveling all over the place. I am. Yeah, you were just telling me before this uh, that you were... You were way up north in Wisconsin, then uh, what in East Troy? East Troy yeah. Last week I was in Wilton. This week I am in Waterford, and I can't even remember what I'm doing. Oh, um, Okachi. Mm -hmm. And what is the the typical demographic of people at your show? I think uh, I think it's really varied yeah. um, because you can you can find a twenty five year old mm -hmm. male who grew up listening to Neil Diamond because yeah. that's what his parents listened yes. to. And then his parents will be there as well. And um, so the age range, the, you know, whether male or female, I, I, I would say it's probably 50-50 on the male-female thing and anywhere from 25 years old to 85 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just did a show several months ago at the Fireside, which was amazing, and they had everything spaced out nice. But it was a, a little bit of a older crowd there but yeah. it was still it was still fantastic so yeah nice how do you keep a song like sweet caroline interesting for yourself <laughs> <laughs> that all depends on audience participation okay. so if everybody's up singing it doing the hands touching yeah. hands thing um that makes it worthwhile because at the end of the day that is you know a lot of people's favorite neil diamond song and that's one they wait for yep. um if if they have a great reaction, I'll give it right back to them. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's all about energy for me. But if they're just like, eh, then I'll just mm -hmm. sing it and walk around and do it, then we'll move on to something else. Yeah, interesting. Have you ever had a show where you haven't performed it? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> um, there was one show in the 20 years that I've been doing this that I did not. And it was, um, it was for a memory care unit. Yeah. Um, so it just, you know, I did some songs and I, it was like a 45 minute show and I just stopped and, um, nobody really seemed too bothered by it. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think that was the only time. Um, and there was one show where I didn't do America, but other, okay. th other than that, uh, every, gotta have yeah. every single time. There would be a rebellion otherwise, right? right? Yeah. That's amazing. And during COVID it was tough too, because when you sing America, you still want to try to get people to be involved yeah. and, and, and I think we were going through and we still are um we were going through a really hard time so I didn't know how to introduce the song how to 
get people engaged, make everybody feel that it's it's still going to be all right. Right. Um, so that was a difficult song to, to do sometimes over the last year and a half. Yeah, that's a really good point because both America and Sweet Caroline are, are like, yeah, you think about those two songs and probably a lot of his music, it's about just like kind of banding together and just, you know, camaraderie you know so how do you uh demonstrate that as a performer and and get people engaged and mm -hmm. without having the connection yeah right. and there's a good minute uh instrumental intro into that so i try to you know okay. get everybody geared up i try to remind people that you know at the end of the day the word united is the most important yeah etc so yeah what did they do in those in those parts instead of you know i don't know the typical hanging out together, hanging on to each other, and, and what would they do instead? Just kind of sway if or they something? Weren't, yeah, yeah, I mean, I always try to get them on their feet, Yeah, uh, singing along, yeah. you know, with the todays and yeah. all that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, like I said, sometimes it was tough where people yeah. would just kind of be like, just go like this, or, yeah. yep, time to go to the bathroom, or, right. you know, whatever. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's yeah, so it's, fascinating. That's been interesting throughout all of this. Yeah, what has been uh, one of the most momentous gig that you played as a tribute artist there's you know there's there's so many looking looking back over you know as, as long as i've been doing this um i think the first time i was able to get into Summerfest was mm -hmm. was pretty big for me yeah um uh, you know the show i did in wilton just this past mm -hmm. week when people are engaged mm -hmm. and giving you the energy and you give it back to them that's mm -hmm. i mean that's you can't <laughs> It, it's so hard to replicate that when you have that magic in that moment. So even small little corner bars where everybody's into it is, is a great show for me. Mm -hmm. But I think looking back, um, the best show I think we've ever done, we played at the um, Manitowoc Civic Center mm -hmm. um, with the Ultimate Legends Band. Okay. And it was a thousand seat venue and uh, every seat was full. And it was just, it was one of those nights. I had, that's when I officially started playing a little bit of guitar on mm -hmm. stage as well. And it just, everything just, Everything was just so perfect and so magical that uh, that's the one that's that sticks in my mind the most. Nice, nice. And tell me about the Ultimate Legends band. Um, so they back up some of the best uh, tribute artists, not only in Wisconsin, not only in the country, but in the world. We've had uh, Elvis guys over from uh, from Canada and from the UK, um, and they just uh, members have changed. A, couple of times mm -hmm. since I've been in the band, which was, I think I joined them 12 or 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like like I, I was saying before, they'll back up, um, you know, Kenny Rogers, mm -hmm. uh, Lionel Richie, Cher, they've done mm -hmm. some Cher shows and Dolly Parton and all that. And, uh, you know, some of those guys in the band are, are some of my best friends. So mm -hmm. um, it's, and it's, it's rewarding too, because I do so many of those track shows, mm -hmm. um, which comes with its own set of challenges, mm -hmm. um, that actually getting up and, and being with a band, it's, it's like the best feeling in the world after doing it alone for so long. But then after a while, you're like, yeah, I don't want to be married to these six mm -hmm. guys. So I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to go over here and do my own thing for a while again. Yeah. But, uh, sure. it's, it, it's a lot of fun. Nice. And I mean, where did the tribute artist really come from? Was that really originated with Elvis? I think so. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. I mean, you may have had guys in the past that could sound like another guy yeah. that would maybe throw in some of this guy's songs, but I think it really took the Elvis thing to really get the tribute artist thing started. 
Yeah, I think one of the things that we've talked about on, on some of the online conversa- conversations that we've had, because um, we, we kind of met through a Facebook group um, before this, is, um, you know, the that people don't always take the tribute artists as seriously as, as your typical artist, but you have to be a musician to, to get this right in, in the first place. So what would you say to some of those people? I mean, what, what have you kind of come against? It, yeah, I mean, it, especially with, I mean, doing the tribute thing is one thing mm-hmm. because you, you tend to get pigeonholed, and uh, as, as you kind of alluded to, people don't really take them seriously. Um, you know, or think they're just like a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, like I said, I spent many years in different cover bands uh, coming up through before I got myself to this level. Um, it's it's hard to say what I would say to somebody. I'm just like, hey, stick around, check out a couple of tunes, see if you enjoy it. The other thing is is that performing with tracks, because you don't have a live, live band, you know, one of the first things people will think if they don't know that you're there and what you do, mm-hmm. um, they come, oh, you got karaoke tonight? Who's that guy in the shiny shirt? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, I mean, those are definite challenges, and we I just have to, you know, um, get through that and get past that as, as, as well as I can. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if I've got, you know, um, some of my loyal friends and fans and followers sitting up front, that's, that's, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. And you are a guitarist and you are. I used to yeah. <laughs> be. I'm, I'm kind of getting back into it yeah. slowly but surely. That's awesome. So I, so now I, I kind of want to go back and, and discuss a little bit of how you got into music. So tell me about your musical background and, and how you got started in the business. Well, so uh, if you want to go all the way back to when I was like five or six years old. <laughs> Wherever um, it started. I, I, was, I was a huge Kiss fan. Nice. Huge Queen fan. So, I mean, yeah. I just remember dancing around my room listening to Queen albums when I was six years old and, you know, trying to emulate the, the weird outfits that Freddie Mercury had. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, coming up, I, the first band I was in was a band called Phoenix, and we were trying to do, um, you know, like Fastway covers and you know, Def Leppard and that kind of stuff. That was really popular at the time. And uh, I realized I couldn't sing very well, but I wanted to keep working at it and yeah. working at it and working at it. And uh, one day it just kind of clicked. So, you know, a couple of basement bands, I was... I was uh, when I was playing guitar, it was pretty much all power chords sure. and play as fast yep. as I can. And um, But after a while, I kind of put that down, wanted to concentrate more on the singing. Um, I was in a band called Chaos for a while. I was, you know, coming up through, uh, um, I was in a couple of punk bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I basically just focused on singing. Mm-hmm. The original band that, uh, you know, for a lot of reasons I wish was still together, um, it was called Beware of the Leopard. We were together from like 1998 until 2000. And, um, you know, we, we had the full band, except we didn't have a bass player. Mm-hmm. So I was singing. We're like, you know, we need a bass player. We need a bass player. And finally, I just said, well, forget it. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So really got into playing bass then. And then the band broke up. And then I put mm-hmm. the bass down. And I haven't picked that up in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So but that's just kind of how we came up. Started playing, a, you know, a lot of the clubs. Um, I think I really cut my teeth on what it meant to perform and take care of your voice and the longevity and all that kind of stuff when I was in a band called Sight Unseen in the early to mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Played a lot of clubs, a lot of private parties, a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, we uh, we did several Neil Diamond songs in that band. And um, I'm like, oh, I kind of sing that okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Little did I know. But yeah, yeah so that's just kind of how I came up through it. And uh, so 
when did you decide you were going to make it kind of your profession? <sighs> it was more not even necessarily a conscious decision. I just kind of said, hey, I'll do this for a while. And people really seemed to latch onto it a lot more than I ever thought mm -hmm. would happen. Um, I was working, the, the Elvis uh, gentleman that I mentioned earlier, the one that told me I sounded like Neil, uh, we, we, his name's Alan Hart. And uh, we, we actually had a duo together for a while called Forever in Blue Suede. Oh, I love that. I so, remember seeing that. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if I saw I saw them in person, if I saw you in person, but I know I've heard of you. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So we did that for about a year and a half, and we split up, and then I got together with my buddy Jim Best, who um, wanted to do more of a Vegasy thing. So we called yeah. ourselves Diamonds and Martinis. Yeah. And we were together for eight years, which is just unfathomable unfathom yeah. to me because, I mean, that's we were together longer than most real bands were. Yeah. You know, but we were doing all track shows, and at that time, the majority of people didn't seem to care. Yeah. Um, so it, it was just one of those things where it started going good, so I kept doing it. And I was making money. I was still working in IT at the time, but I was making extra money. And I kept getting more and more bookings, and I, I just, after a while, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing this now. Mm -hmm. So Eric Diamond Productions, as it is, officially started in 2009. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's so cool. So... Um, and, and like, what has it taken? Like you, you really, I, I mean, a lot of artists are really good at networking. You seem to be really into it. Like, I mean, what other things have you decided that you needed to do in order to get yourself? You have gigs all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like, so what does it take for you to, to be a, you know, essentially full-time working musician? I think at, by now, um, it's more word of mouth than anything because I, and, and I'm extremely blessed, extremely mm -hmm. fortunate. I haven't had to pound the pavement for, for a gig in, in quite a while. So um, I, I guess to be honest with you, as far as promotion and things of that nature, I have become a little complacent and mm -hmm. a little bit lazy. Um, but I mean, this summer is going to be huge for me, um, especially after COVID. I mean, yeah. things just exploded already in January. Yeah. Um, but I still try to keep in, in contact with the places where maybe I haven't played in a while. Um, hey, do you want to bring me back? Are you having entertainment? Mm -hmm. um, you know, how are things working out for you? Um, obviously, a lot of Facebook blasts. Mm -hmm. I've got a 900-person email list that mm -hmm. I send out to once a week. Okay. Yeah. Um, keeping up to date, not just what's going on this week, but next month or even six months from now. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, getting posters sent out whenever I can. and. You know, just keeping in contact with all the, the club owners and the, the festival uh, managers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So how many hours a week do you would you say you put into that part of the business? <laughs> Sometimes my emails alone take me two or three hours. Mm -hmm. So um, probably about 10 hours a week mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just with Facebook blasts and making sure that, you know, my set list is taken care of mm -hmm. for the upcoming week ahead. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'd probably say about 10 hours or so. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. Good. That's great to hear. And um, are you from Wisconsin originally? I am. I am. So I uh, was born in Milwaukee, grew up in Oak Creek. Okay. Uh, living in New Berlin now. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, was your family musical? No. My dad loved music. He was yeah. a huge Elvis Presley fan right. and Temptations fan. Um, I spent a lot of time with my uncle growing up, and he was the one that really introduced me to, you know, my first loves, uh, Kiss, Queen, yeah. Aerosmith, uh, you know, David Bowie, The Cars, that, those kind of bands is what I was really into. So uh, I can pretty much attribute the large majority of my, my love for music to my uncle. Oh, that's nice. Is he still around? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does he go to your shows? No. No? No. Well, is he wherever your Neil Diamond 
the act and everything? Oh, sure. I mean, he's, he's yeah. come to see me before. Yeah, yeah. Sure. What does he think of that? Sure. He, he thinks it's great. Um, my yeah. parents both think it's great. Yeah. You know. And um, you're, you're making money doing music, so. Yep, exactly. can't complain. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. And what do you think have been some of the biggest challenges for you in the, doing what you're doing? I think overcoming the, the whole stigma behind playing to tracks is one of them. Sure. Um, getting people to respect a tribute artist like me as a legitimate singer and le legitimate musician. Um, at first it was, uh, you know, like I said, the, the um, word of mouth thing has, has been very, very good for me for a while. But mm. getting out there, and, and actually I've, I've got several uh, friends of mine that uh, have already told me, or you know, several fans, whatever, that they hate Neil Diamond. And that's, and that's great. I mean, you can like or dislike yeah. whoever you want. <laughs> but they, they always say, we don't like Neil Diamond. We love coming to see you. Which, yeah, uh, yeah. Which is one of those little feathers in the Aww. cap, I suppose. So that's that's kind of cool. Aw, that's really sweet. And if I'm doing a three or a four hour show, um, you know, because nobody can really, nobody really wants to listen to three or four hours of just one artist. I mean, I don't, I don't think it happens. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so I mix it up a lot too. So I, I basically call my show the Neil Diamond and Nostalgia Show. Okay. So with that said, that was another challenge. Saying, well, okay, what kind of stuff do I want to mix in here? Do I want to try to emulate other people as well? Or I just, do I just want to sing some of these songs to the best of my ability? Mm -hmm. Because it's a nostalgia show, what does nostalgia mean nowadays? Mm -hmm. Do I go back to the 50s and do all the way to what happened mm -hmm. five years ago? So that was kind of a challenge, too, is trying to rein in the nostalgia portion and yeah. see what era I want to stick to and what, what kind of voice I want to do for those songs. Yeah, what other... What other Music do you include in that? So it's uh, some Johnny Cash, some Elvis, uh, some John Cougar Mellencamp. Mm -hmm. um, and then normally what I like to pull out is just a bunch of those 70s one-hit wonders. Mm -hmm. um, uh, things by um, Looking Glass, you know, like mm -hmm. Brandy, You're a Fine Girl, and songs by Gallery, and just all those 70s one-hit wonders mm -hmm. that, uh, that I spent a lot of time listening to when mm -hmm. I was growing up as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. And, and what do you think it is about the tracks versus live band kind of thing that is, I don't know, sometimes disruptive or you know whatever um go ahead i no, no I, I just think because people look at it and think oh it's just a guy mm -hmm. it's not a guy with a live band we prefer a live band so that's um something that i know a lot of people think about um also people walk in oh they're having karaoke tonight like i mentioned mm -hmm. earlier sure. like it's not karaoke i'm not going to give you yeah. a microphone <laughs> Yeah, but, but it's not uncommon with tribute artists to do that, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the few types of music where that would be un, um, a, sort of a, a allowed, I guess, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, um, are there, I can't really think of other types of music where that would be the case. There may be, you know, um, you know one-man bands and things yeah. of that nature that have the backing tracks, but they're also playing guitar along with it or sure. playing keys. I mean, sure. that happens a lot, um, you know. Um, you do, a lot of people are doing that now. They're, yeah. they're bringing in the tracks and then they're playing along and singing along with them. So yeah, and that's I mean, especially when all the big rock clubs shut down in Milwaukee, um, it was a way for you know singers and musicians to keep that money right. flowing because you can set up your little system in the corner and put up a couple of speakers and just do whatever you're going to do by yourself. Right. And people will still come to see you, and you know, right. At it's the end of the day, you still get paid. It's more cost effective. So, sure. Too, absolutely. For the, yep. The owners. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think is one of the greatest lessons you've learned along the way since since doing what you're doing? Probably patience. Mm -hmm. I think um, you know if you're a struggling musician, and I I think 
you just need to be patient. Keep on doing what you're doing. Eventually, um, and this is just my story, of course, mm -hmm. but uh, eventually you're going to find your niche. You're going to find something that makes you happy. You're going to find something that makes other people happy as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, like I mentioned before, I think it's I think it's that energy when you end up finding that niche and you, you say, okay, maybe I'm not playing to 5,000 people, but I'm playing to 40 people that really, really, really enjoy what I'm doing. And, uh, I think, I, th I, th I think that's the, the biggest thing of all being, being a musician, as long as people love what you're doing, doesn't matter how successful you are. And again, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. the word success is, is all subjective as well. Mm -hmm. Um, cause at the end of the day, it's, it's whatever makes you happy. If you're making other people happy and you're making a couple of bucks, that's, that's all that really matters. Mm -hmm. For sure. So that's, that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned along the way. Also, um, because of that stigma that we mm -hmm. talked about, about the tribute artists and the track shows, I think some of that is maybe just perceived by me. And I think, uh, in being a musician yourself, mm -hmm. maybe you can relate to this. Uh, a lot of musicians have that deep desire to make other people happy and mm -hmm. to get over that inferiority complex mm -hmm. that uh, that's deep-seated in here somewhere. Right. So once you actually see that you're making other people's ha other people happy, that is that level of success, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think you can mark that as success. And what I've, what I need to get over is, like I said, that perceived notion that maybe I think other musicians in town are looking at me that way mm -hmm. when they're really not. Right. So right. Yeah. It's, it's one of those just don't worry about what other people think. I know. It's so much easier said than done, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I am, I'm kind of like that, too, because I come from more of like the classical music side. And, I, you know, I interact so much with other non-classical musicians. And that's such a different field of music mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and, uh, you know so to show people that I can understand them even though I didn't get trained in that way um, you know to get taken seriously in that field um, still takes a lot of um, uh, you know you have to to show oh, what is the word um, proof of concept kind of yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> before they are really willing to work with you sometimes because um, you know yeah I, I'm just not from that genre or many of you know the 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 um the late night show playing genre sure you know so i i don't always you know they think i don't really get it you know so i i get i i understand that that mentality of like you just don't think uh or you assume that people don't uh that that they think something of you when maybe they don't maybe that's all in your head so <laughs> exactly exactly so yes and i think just as musicians and creatives in general we we have we just we th we worry too much mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> we, amen we are, sister yeah we are in our heads a lot <laughs> and you can have you know your your best friends your family whatever tell you we'll just stop thinking about that just get yep. out of your own head Far, far easier said than done. Absolutely. I know. I know. So, okay. Well, we'll both have to work on that from our okay. own perspectives All right. Deal. and check back. Okay. <laughs> Deal. Yeah. All right. We'll keep tabs on that. <laughs> um, is there a particular venue that you've enjoyed playing at over the last decades? Yeah, there's, there are so many where I can go, oh, that was a good show. That was a good show. Um, Oddly enough, there's a, there's a place on Lake Winnebago called Jim and Linda's Supper Club. Nice. Which is, they have a nice little, like... I won't call it tiki bar, but kind of like a tiki bar atmosphere outside and, you know, nice little area for, you know, musicians to set up or whatever. And I've had some of my 
best shows out there. And the energy that comes back and the amount of people that come back, because we're basically all, like I said, it's, it's during the summer only, it's, it's right along the lake. People can bring their own lawn chairs, you know, they can sit down, buy drinks at the bar, buy food, um, and there's just people lined up all the way down. Um, so yeah, Jim and Linda's Supper Club out yeah, in uh, Lake Winnebago, a little town called Pipe. They're, uh, they're awesome out there. I, I love the Summerfest shows that I get to do. Um, I was performing at State Fair for 11 years, and after a three-year hiatus, I'm back there this year. Awesome. Um, so State Fair is usually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as far as um, performing with the Ultimate Legends Band, I, st- I still my, my brain st- still keeps going back to that Manitowoc show mm-hmm. at the Civic Center. Nice. Yeah. That is so cool. And uh, do you have a favorite tribute artist that would not be Neil Diamond? Or do you have a, a particular artist or and or um, just uh, it, c- it could be a specific tribute artist like yourself or per- persona like Rod Stewart or Dolly Parton or someone? Well, I think uh, it's interesting because uh, I've, I've gotten, as I've seen these people and yeah. performed with these people, they've become friends of mine. So it's hard for me to separate, um, you know, their, their personality mm-hmm. from the show that they actually put on. Um, I think they're all great. I think, uh, uh, Rod Stewart's uh, really, really cool. Um, I, I've seen uh, Gabriel Sanchez and his Prince experience. Oh, yeah. I've seen him I've seen them before. a couple of times. It's been a lot yeah. of years because, um, you know, when he's playing, I'm usually playing That's whatever. Right. But uh, he does a phenomenal job as well. So Yeah, now that you say that, yes, I'm aware of that one too. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. They're great. Um, I've been trying to think about it. I was, you know, since we talked about setting this interview up, I was thinking if I was going to be a tribute artist, who would I be? And I was, mm. I was thinking, hmm, I don't, I don't know. I always wanted, like, what you know, growing up and when I did, I was always really into um, Alanis Morissette sure. and uh, those types of like, you know, female rockers and and. But then at the same time, I don't have the voice for that. I'm like a Disney princess voice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and there's I, nothing wrong with that yeah, either, obviously. So, but, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm aware I just could never sound like that. So you sure, know, that was that was a hard reality when I you know I started. I, I can sing and I you know I do I do sing, but I just I'll never sing like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, I can sing. You ought to know. But it's going to sound like, you know, Bella from Sleeping Beauty. Sure. <laughs> well, and, and see, you bring up an interesting yeah. thing, too, is because um, I've, okay, I'll be honest here. I've never had a vocal lesson in my life, so I'm sure I have 30 bad habits. But you come up as like a self-taught, yeah. quote unquote, rock and roll singer versus somebody who's actually had training and has has that kind of thing. It's uh, like you were talking about before. It's two different worlds. Right, right. Um so, yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, I could sometimes I mess around with like opera and things like yeah. that in the car just just for the heck of it. But uh, I know I'm never actually going to pull off that, yeah. that operatic kind of thing. So. Well, you never know. I mean, it just it's if you want to, there's people available who can. But, yeah, there is different trainings for that. And mm-hmm. and, yeah, there's very particular ways that's and that has its own set of rules. Right. Right. And, right. But, you know, whereas like. What, what you do and like and just general like rock and in um, blues and like any any of those genres they have their own set of rules but it's like unwritten rules you know Ex- yep. so every everything has their own way of doing things mm-hmm. <laughs> some of it is just more obvious than others so right right oh absolutely and you know there there are um, 
local musicians and vocalists in town that I, you know, I, I really, uh, I, I look up to mm -hmm. and uh, try to emulate them. And then I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm too far gone. My, my voice is already too deep and too mm -hmm. rich to do some of the, you know, some of the, uh, the other things mm -hmm. I'd, I'd really like to do. You mentioned earlier, like, what persona would mm -hmm. I, um, you know, love to emulate? If I could sing Freddie Mercury, I would be ah. in the most awesome Queen tribute band ever yeah. but i just I've, I've never been able to hit him yeah. and i've i've given up on that uh, yeah. <laughs> that little dream yeah 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 and i mean some of those artists i mean the, you really just have to do nothing except um you know just be in awe because not many people could ever sound like that mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and that yeah. that's what makes them special yeah yeah that's really cool but good to know i i love i'm i'm with you on the queen yeah mm -hmm. yeah um, and then I think, I mean, that's all I really have for today. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to the interview that we didn't cover? Um, yeah, no, you know, I just, uh, it's, it's an honor to be here and I'd, I'd like, I'd, I love talking about what it takes because obviously this isn't, you know, uh, something that you see a lot. Yeah. Um, um, I think I do feel fortunate in that for whatever reason, this my tribute show is in a lot more clubs and restaurants and, and bars than a lot of other tribute shows that I see. So I feel very, very uh, blessed and fortunate to have the amount of shows coming in and that, that um, you know, people want to work with me, not just have my show there, but also work with me. Because I think, you know, um, when you're dealing with so many promoters or talent agencies or, you know, club owners or whatever, you, you know, you obviously have to have the level of, of um, being personable as well and being able to work with people. And I've worked with some amazing people over the last 20 years. So I don't know how I got so fortunate to be as busy as I am, but uh, at this problem. point, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it in. And like I said, I am trying to branch out a little bit more with other, like an acoustic duo that I have going on. But uh, I, I know this is this is my main thing and my main focus, and mm -hmm. hopefully I'm not going anywhere for at least a little while yet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, good luck to you with Thank all you. of that. And and where can we find out more information on you? Uh, so you can look me up on Facebook if you do that Facebook thing. It's Eric Diamond Productions. Mm -hmm. That's plural. I always mm -hmm. say that at my shows, and everybody laughs at me. Productions. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, EricDiamondProductions.com. Um, my schedule's always out there, and I'm always letting people know where I am and, and yeah. that kind of thing. Otherwise, I do have some YouTube videos out there as well, both professionally shot and not so professionally <laughs> shot. But, yeah. uh, you know, it is it is what it is. Nice, nice. So do you think um, if I was to be a tribute artist, who do you who would you recommend I should be? I'd have to hear you sing, but I'm, I'm actually just your speaking voice. I'm like, I think you should give Alanis a shot. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'll, I'll consider that. Okay. I, and I, I'm relatively certain there aren't a, a whole lot of them out there right now. Okay. I have the hair. I could, I, you know, I have the long, long enough hair. I could, I could grow it a little bit more. Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I have the dark hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll consider that. All right. Cool. Will you <laughs> let me. We'll keep in contact uh, about that as well. I'll have to work on my angry voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Eric Diamond, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Allison. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. We thank Stu and Sue Roslett of Bemidji, Minnesota for being patrons of Wisconsin Music Ventures. We appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll leave ratings and reviews for us wherever you're listening from. 
Visit themusiciansventure.com for more information on upcoming guests, show notes, and ways to send us your topic suggestions. The Musicians Venture Podcast is hosted by Allison M., recorded at Podcast Town in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music written and performed by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again.